I, it's really weird, I don't know how this comes about, but the ones who have bust my nose and choked me out, and I've done the same to them. We have a better bond, you know, we, we just don't argue. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I'm chatting to a guy who dare I say a student of mine at the moment which I don't think he should be because I think he's a really really high level martial artist already and it's the one and only renowned author yeah, you like that right renowned author Lee Sims so Lee thanks for coming on man oh, thanks Mick it's, um, it's an honour and an opportunity so yeah let's, let's do it let's do it so martial arts where did you start um, nine years old my auntie um, was taking me to martial art classes all around the, um, the city and we did about four or five different um, karate classes yes. and um, I think one jiu-jitsu class too, Japanese jiu-jitsu. And where was this? Um, this is in um, Stoke-on-Trent. Right. Um, so I'm from um, a town called Fenton. Um, so there's a few in Fenton and there was one actually, it was at a church hall um, about, I don't know, about 15 minute walk from my house. And I think my cousin used to go to that class. Right. And um, I guess the interesting story here is um, I spoke to my auntie only about two weeks ago about this. And right. she said, you were loving this jiu-jitsu class. And we really had to, like, tell you, no, 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 we want you to go to the, the karate. Really? Um, but my only memory of the jiu-jitsu was doing forward rolls. Yeah. And, and <laughs> as a nine-year-old kid, I was terrible at them. And I think I, I was just scared of rolling and banging my head. Um, so I was like, I hated jiu-jitsu. But apparently, back then, my auntie was like, you're really you know, gung-ho. And I think, really? I think it was the weapons training they were doing, and he just looked really cool. And the throwing, the takedowns. And then I got to the karate classes, which was a lot of line work. And I, I don't think when I first started, that's what I thought martial arts was or what I was interested in. Um, but luckily, my, um, my auntie picked the class for me. And then oh, that, that's where it started. Perfect, because a lot of people... Uh, Enter the Dragon's got a lot to answer for because that 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 that, that scene where they're all doing the lines, oh, the lines, and a, a lot of people they really believed that, didn't they? That's what they bought into. Yeah, you, you've seen the you've seen the um, scene. Um, I think on the far right hand screen, if you want to go back and watch this, yes, there's a guy doing the punches, and his head is like going further forward than his arms. Yeah, He's yeah, like the, awful. The, the terrible. Um, oh. but I, I think it's funny. I think in like in the centre of the shot, you've got like the good the good black belts who they brought in. And then the extras, yeah. as you go further out on the screen, it's, it's Yeah, quite some, funny, so. some of them are really, really <laughs> awful. So, Definitely. Uh, what, what drove you to martial arts? Um, I'd, I'd love to say, you know, the Power Rangers, or like the Teenage Night Turtles. Yeah. But I think by the time I was going into it, it was the really, really bad three ninja films. I don't know if you've seen yeah, them. Yeah, with Chris Harley. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact, but, yeah, so. he's dead now. Yeah, Chris Harley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and it was the three ninja movies. It, it was, yeah. And um, I mean, I think they did four. One was a Home Alone like spoof. Yes. It was basically the same as Home Alone, but with ninjas. Right. And um, the parents went away. That was terrible. There was one with Hulk Hogan in, which was oh, which any, was horrendous. Anything with Hulk Hogan is brutal. Yeah. But then, but then, but then there were two other ones which were probably, and if I watch them back now, probably probably still terrible. But as a nine-year-old kid, I loved them and I, I wanted to do martial arts, and that, that's. Yeah, but you know, that's, that, you know, that's, you've hit on something that's really interesting because it's only when you look back at stuff now, when you're seven or eight years of age, yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Now looking back on it as a 47-year-old man, I'm like, God almighty. You know, I don't think, yeah, I think karate kid movies are, are as 
at least the production quality was all right, you know, compared to some of the stuff that came out of Hong Kong and yeah, some yeah. of that. I mean, I've, I've, got a, I've got a collection of, um, you know, DVDs, just Chinese DVDs, martial art films. Um, and yeah, they're just awful. They're they are. They I mean, are. I mean, as a kid, I was loving them. You know, you're going around the room practicing and doing all these moves. And but you know, looking back on it, even as like a 17, 18 year old, I could see that it was just so. At the moment, a bad thing. Yeah, it wasn't great. So at the moment, obviously, apart from training in Carly and JKD with me, you know, which I have after, I have to admit, I am on. Especially when you're from Stoke on Trent, you know, they got the you know Dave Carn- the late great Dave Carnell was up there uh, at Impact, and Simon Goff is still up there and Daniel Carnell uh, give him a shout out here another guy I want to get on the podcast uh, but Stoke-on-Trent had a load yeah I, I actually trained I trained with Dave a few times really many years ago and um he, um, I forgot the gentleman's name, but it was an older gentleman who dealt with like the admin there, um, who would take the fees, etc. And he gave me um, a big collection, about ten or twelve VHSs, old boxing like videos of fights for me to watch and wow. to research. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, I was only there, I only did a few lessons. Those but, guys, but those guys were, up at Impact were great. They're yeah, great they're guys. Fantastic yeah. guys, and um, sad loss, I guess. For the, yeah, very, very the much so. Very world. much so. Yeah, for, for, for Dave, uh, Dave was unbelievably good, and unfortunately, he was he was probably his own worst enemy because he was just instru- interested in training and teaching. He wasn't really interested in self promotion and stuff, and he, he'd be the last guy. To oh, put he, himself he was so difficult to get hold of and oh, to, find, to, to yeah. train with. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. He was just, you know, legit black belt in jiu-jitsu, legit instructor in Kali and JKD, and then you know, with the Silat with uh, with Cas Magda, he was unbelievable. So, what grade are you now? Um, in karate, it's fourth dan. Um, right. So I I took my third dan, my last official Shotokan grade. Um, I think it was around two thousand and nine. Right, and what 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 drove you to Shotokan? Um, well, that's why I started him really, and I think I think the club I was with is an offshoot of um, Sensei Asano. Right. So I think that our head instructor was graded under him, um, but our, our head instructor he, he also had um, like an Aikido um, black belt. He did a lot of um, kung fu. Um, and I know he, he trained with um, Tony Myers, the Muay Thai. And Tony's awesome, yeah. Tony's yeah. Tony's mustard man. He's a very very tough man. So, so I mean, we had a lot of, and, and you know, you've met my instructor Mike. Yes. I mean, he trained, you know, great guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, and he he brought in a lot of other martial arts, and you know, we were quite free thinking um, group. So, I we called. I, I I grew up thinking it was Shotokan. But it's only when I started going to other Shotokan places, I started to realize we did things like slightly different. Yeah. Um, you know, the standard Ippon Kumite one-step attacks. Yes. We never had any pre-arrangement whatsoever. Um, even from you know, the younger grades. Really? Um, you, it was up to you to come up with what works for you. Um, you know, what, what you very find. JKD mentality? I, I think we might get onto that. But yeah, um, but yeah so, so first thing uh, me and my auntie had, we had, you know, we had the towel, Bruce yes. book, and we had the, the colored short series. Yes. Yeah, there's about four or five. I think one's Bru- blue, one's yeah, orange. Yeah, Bruce Lee's fighting method. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we got a lot of you know principles and techniques uh, moving off center lines, which we then used in our Ipon Kumite style yes. um, attacks. Um, so we had that. And again, I mean, our, our syllabus was so strange. For my first time, we did 20 kata. Really? Which um, we didn't realize was out of, not in the norm until, you know, I'm a first time, I'm a second time, and I'm training in other groups now, and I'm going around to get more knowledge. And I realised they do they do a lot more 
Oh, sorry, a lot less caches for. Yeah, but what, for what, what, what is it? I'm trying to think. Is, that, is, it, is it five Pinan or Hian caches? Yeah. Then Kushanku, Chinto, Nyanchi. Basai. Basai, yeah. Well, well, in Wallaroo, we had Basai Dai. Basai Dai was our first, uh, for first and second. I think Basai Show might have been the second. We, 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 we had very limited yeah. cat up, a 10, I think. Yeah. I mean, interesting now, my, my own teaching. I'm back to seven kata to black belt. Really? I've reduced it back down again. Um, I, I found, I, I think what changed between my third down and my fourth down um, was I was more interested, well, less interested in the sport side of things. Yeah. I mean, when I was like 18 year old, um, you know, I was doing a lot of kata competitions. Um, you know, I was winning like regional yeah. events and, you know, I was placing your know, third, sometimes second in nationals. Wow. And I went, um, went down and started training with Jonathan Mottram. Yes. DKF, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, a great guy. Um, but, but then, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older and... It, it's it's very high level. I mean, the guys who are at the top there, and you know, John's class is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, but that, that that's a full time job. Yeah, that yeah. that that's you know, with the, you know, at the risk of sounding flippant, they do they do karate, but they don't do karate. They do kata. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's very specialized. And, and you know, and you know, that's a, that if that's your specialist field, then great. But you know, we're not. That isn't the no. sort of people we are. And he was never what I, you know, I always came to karate for self-defense. I think that's the first, you know, yeah. the real, you know, the reason you want to do martial arts, you know, yeah, I want to be cool. I want to, I want to be able to fight, but it's because I want to defend myself. And especially when I was getting a bit older, that was the most important thing for me was to be able to defend myself. And it's, it's quite strange because you don't realize sometimes what you're training what you've been taught doesn't meet your goals. Yes. Because you, you tend to think what they're teaching you is for your goal without really... Yeah, is, know, it, is it goal-specific? A, yeah. pe- a lot of people do that. I found that, especially in the JKD world, where people come in and, and yeah, you, you, you know, to your, to your uh, credit, you're one of the only karateka that's ever come to me and not immediately turn around and said, oh, man, I think I've just wasted 17 years of my life. Uh, and it's just, as you were saying, it's something I've thought about for a while where I always say, no, no, what you were doing was great, but it just wasn't specific to what you wanted. It wasn't the end result you wanted. And then obviously, with again, with hindsight, mm-hmm. like what, looking at an old movie, two years later, they come back and say, everything I did in karate was awesome. I just didn't realise it. You know, I think it's akin to buying a load of tools and never really working with them. And then when you rediscover them, you go, wow, this is awesome. Um, you mentioned your auntie a couple of times. What grade? Oh, Grace, my aunt? Yeah. yeah. My aunt is the first Dan. We took our Dan grades together, actually. Awesome. Um, and you know, a really lovely story, I guess, is my auntie and my instructor, they're now, you know, they're now together. Oh. And they got a beautiful daughter who's my, you know, my cousin. Wonderful. Um, and you know, my sister as well, just to bring it, you know, the family full circle. My sister's a second Dan. And she, she stopped training now, which is a shame, because she is amazing. Really? Her, the, her form, her kata, her you know, mawashigeri, it, it really is out of the world, and I am so so jealous because <laughs> I, 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 I know how hard I work and I know how hard she works, but but she works just as hard as me. But her results are so much, you know, so so much more just because she's got that, that natural talent. Well, you see, it's funny. It's like you know the group that we have. Uh, that we train together with you know we have guys you know yourself you've been here where fourth and fifth dance turn up mm. and they train and then I just have local people that come in and they just work out and they yeah the, the big surprise is they never they never realise it's Jeet Kune Do because it takes too long to explain it uh, but it's like when you were saying about the round kick it's like Corinne who trains with us you know she's done a bit of boxer size and a bit of training and then she kicks the t- she'll kick the tie pads and you're like 
I don't even kick tripods <laughs> that way. Well. It's true though, right? It kills you. You get some like I get some seven-year-old kids in my class, and I'm like, right, teaching roundhouse kick today, and they've never done it before, and like that. Within five minutes, it's, it's better than I was like five years. Yeah, but do, do you think <laughs> do you think that's because they don't overthink it or they just see I, it? Yeah, probably. I think that's one one of the things I've got from JKD, and I think the stick work is sometimes my brain, um, it his slightly behind my body. Yes. So my body's getting it and I'm getting into the rhythm, but my brain's trying to think about what's next and my body's already done it. Yes. So, that, so then my, my brain then tries to um, slow down my body to catch it up. Yes. And, and then that's when I think things go wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I think one thing definitely the JKD has given me is just to, just to relax, just to do it. And, um, it but it, it is, it's, uh, it, if you overthink Jeet Kune Do, I think that's why politically there was all that drama because you had, you had more times, more people sitting down thinking about it than doing, just it. doing it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It, like Nike made a fortune by just having a t-shirt that said, just do it. And I think, yeah, I know as cliched as it sounds, it is the truth. So. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember where me and you first met. I don't know if it was crossing the pond, but I know it was a seminar. I think it might have been at Seni. Yeah, I think, I think it that might have been the very first time I would have been in my. I think it was. I think it was. I knew it was. A, I knew it was a big seminar, but I didn't know which one it was. But yeah, it was one of the things that always struck me about you was the first time I met you. I could just tell from your bearing that you know, from from your training, I could see where you were struggling with this. I've been doing this classical form for years and years, and I've managed to shoehorn my individuality in it. Mm. And now you're giving me an opportunity to just be me. And I could see where you were trying to, like you were trying to balance it out and, and work. And now it's coming together, but it was, it was funny because for a while there, it was the square peg in the round hole, trying to make the karate fit into the Kali structure or the Jeet Kune Do. And we even had it last week where you had to work out with one of the young, younger students. And as I said to you, that was some of the best pad work. And you, you know, power-wise, I think you were great. And uh, technique, but it, that was the first time I ever saw where you dialed it back, and the precision was there. You know, and you know that that real kime yeah. that you get from karate. But it was like five. And I know this isn't supposedly what you know kime is all about, but it was five separate times where you just hit the spot each time, and it was like, man, this guy's got it now because you had to dial it back. So what was it like the first time you were doing Carly then? Um, I mean, the first time, I think the first time I did it was actually, I wasn't at Senny with you. Yeah. My first Carly session, I think, was with Al Peasland. And I think he was in Halifax oh, about yes. five years ago now. Yes, I um, remember it well. It, it was, we, I mean, there was some Panintukin in there as well. And I left early. You did, yeah. I think uh, your, yeah. your son was at university. Yeah, my university. son, yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah first day at uni. Yeah. So, so we, we missed out on the on the Tully Secrets, but we, we got, <laughs> we got Al, Al's, Al's Panintukin, which was, which was great, and, and the Carly was working. And um, yeah, I think from there, you know, I, I brought a pair of sticks, um, jumped on YouTube, and then you know, just trained the body motion, trained the mechanics of it. Yes. Um, until I got time to come and train with you. That, that which, was it, really. Which I'm honored, by the way, I keep saying this, but it's the truth. You know, you're a high level guy. To, to come down here and just hang out and listen to my nonsense. When I, we said at the start, you are an author. Yes. So yes. tell us about this. Um, well, I, th I think when, when I started martial arts and I started to realize I wanted self defense, I went into you know the practical aspect. Um, I got to give a big shout out to probably my second instructor, Ian Abernethy. Oh, um, the man! Yes. Yeah, yeah, the man. Really, I mean, he changed him along with Jeff Thompson changed mine and Mike's all on time outlook on martial arts. I think they, I think they just changed karate. Je Je Jeff and Ian just changed. They changed karate more than anyone else. Yeah. 
easily. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. And so, so we started to change from me just training the catters on its own to understanding, you know, the history behind them, why they've been created, what they actually contain, and how they can be used for, you know, um, civilian self-defense. Yes. And then, you know, you've got the, the other side of the equation, so that's the physical aspect. But um, self-defense itself, it's a legal term. Yes. And I think, especially in the martial arts world and the relative base world, there's a lot of people teaching, you know, I think you've referred to it as just dynamite, you know. It, yes. it, it works, but it's dynamite. And well, what I like to think I teach for the karate side of things, the base level is legal dynamite. Yes. So it's what works for a lot of people, but it's also within the law. Yes. Because it, it's, I, I've heard this phrase before, it's, you know, you can either be, is it, you know, carried by six or tried by 12. Exactly. And I, I think that it's, it's that's binary thinking. You, you don't need to be either of them. You can you cannot be carried by six and you cannot be tried by 12. And it's all about knowing what to do and knowing to do within the law. And, you know, I've been lucky that I've been through, you know, the education system. I went to university. I did um, like a postgraduate in law and in criminal, you know, criminal law and self-defense. Yes. Um, and I didn't find there was much information out there I'm going to stop you on this because I remember, I remember you when you were doing this. You, you were looking, you were looking basically for source material that wasn't there. It was yeah. a whole area that had never been touched. Yeah, I mean, there were a few things, but they were really in depth, and they weren't really for you know martial arts instructors or students. It was very in depth, you know, legal kind of research, and it's not what. The, the average person needs they need they need the idiot's guide the idiot's guide book right That's you it. see you, first of all like, I, I, I should have been the subtitle to my they, book they actually are, there we yeah, go that missed it. out on that one yeah next time next time but look <laughs> at the copyright you might have had to pay right but um that is a very admirable thing to do because I've heard it so many times. Thank God, really. Like the reality-based movement, you know, the, the guys would, they would really, really expound on working within the parameters of the law. And they would say yeah, this. But literally, I used to say, because I used to laugh, I say, whenever the guys used to say that, especially on Jeff's Masterclass, I used to see these eyes glaze over and, yeah, yeah. And, call of, and Call of Duty 3 just came straight to their faces because they were all like... Yeah, they get they get into a road rage accident, and immediately they would go to DefCon One and want to kill people. And I was thinking, you guys, unless you're really really lucky, you're going to assault somebody to a degree. Like that, you know, and you know yourself, the, the amount of people who are out there who are angry and looking for fights are so woefully ill prepared for yeah, what's yeah. coming. And you know, it, as I said, it's really first of all, it's admirable. Secondly, it's something that people people don't even really look into. No, I mean, I think there's two extremes in the martial arts, and I think you're you're just touching on it. There's those people who are, and um, I've got a good friend in in the US um, who, who's done Krav Maga over there, and um, yeah. not not to you know knock any system, no. and, and um, but he's told me you know stories of the techniques he's been shown in certain clubs, and it's like you're just killing people, and then you've got the other extreme, and I think you get this. More in England if people are scared to do anything because they think anything I do you're going to be locked away for yes um, so I thought you know we need something it needs to be out there and people need to not have to worry about it I mean once you read you know you read my book it, it takes what a couple of hours and and then all your worries anxiety can go and you can and, just get and, on with your and training and this book is called um, UK Self Defence Law and it's available on Amazon um, Lulu and if you go to my website leesims.com it's also on there I, I've seen it where, you know, me personally, and by the way, my opinion means nothing. It's my opinion. A lot of stuff that gets taught is, is amoral. 
Yeah, I, I really believe that. Like, regardless of if it's illegal, I think it's immoral. You know, I, I've had it. I've been, yeah, I've been in situations where some, and, you know, it's, can you sort this out? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so, you know, chapter that I always, uh, that panel I always put on Facebook, uh, Batman, where he's fighting the leader of the mutants in the Mudderbolt, and he says there's 38 different ways it's of working here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and six of them maim, 12 of them kill, and that's what I'd, I'd rather look at that and go, right, I've got 36 different ways of getting out of this situation, and you don't get that, you get people going in, and they're basically, they arm these people with technology that they're not ready for, and then, you know, where's the aftercare? You yeah. know, where is that? There's not even a your care, let alone aftercare. It's like you're giving them, you're giving a submachine gun to a toddler, and it, it just it's not on. And you know yourself, man, martial arts enriches your life. Yeah. You know, yeah, for all of the bad things that you've had to use martial arts to get you out of, yeah, think about that. We're talking maybe a handful, right? Because I see. Yeah, yeah right? it's about four or five. Four or five, right? Definitely. Now, all of the great, beautiful moments you've had in martial arts. I mean, and this one thing, I think, when we started talking earlier, we mentioned, you know, why I started martial arts and was for self-defense, and my goal at the time was for that. Um, but I think it's really important um, just to mention that, you know, as a kid, as a 13, 14 year old growing up, martial arts did so much for me because, you know, I wasn't, you know, out with, you know, people in my classes at like high school, you know, drinking on Friday nights. I was in the, I was in the gym, you know, I was around great people. I was training hard. I, I was understanding what it means to get good at something and how to get good at something. And so many life lessons martial arts gives you. Um, I mean, the self-defense to me, it's, it's the base level. It's, it's the... Preserve, you know, you, you can preserve your life with, with martial arts, but then you want to be enhancing it. Um, and that's, and I think that that's what my training's moving to now. It's why I'm doing the JKD. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be, I, I guess, the best version of yourself through martial arts. Well, you know, this is the thing. We, 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 we have this beautiful thing to make life so much easier, so much more just wonderful. You know, uh, you get to meet cool people. You know, it's like, here's a, where did you meet your wife? Oh, not my wife just yet. But, but where, 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 where have you met your partner? Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Um, in, in New York, um, and the only reason I was over there essentially was because I was teaching martial arts over there. So, you know, it's... Hey, I'm the same. That's how I, met my, I met my wife because one of her friends was training with me. Uh, and I, yeah, I wasn't teaching at the time, I was still a student. But um, again, it's like every formative or great relationship that I've consciously cultivated. You know, you don't get you don't get to choose who your family are, but you certainly get to choose who your friends are. You know, it's that Facebook meme time again, where it's like you know your friends are the family that God allows you to choose, and it is the truth. That's, that's, it, but it's cool. We're going deep, Mick. We're going deep. No, but we are, we've got yeah, deep, man. We've got deep. We are surrounded by geniuses, and nine times out of ten, they don't even realise it. They just, yeah, it's like Terry Barnett. Yeah, I, Terry Barnett is easily, easily the most formative man in my life, after my father. 
and you know I've got some bad memories of my father so you know just because he's formative doesn't mean it's you know as a positive thing most of the time but yeah and the thing is now we have a great relationship but it you know this was a guy that I used to read about in magazines Rick Young I used to read about this now they're my friends the same here you know and Mike my, um, my, my original karate instructor is now essentially my uncle I mean he, he is probably the most important person male it figure one, well, behind my father guy. as well um, yeah. for, for the same reason and then Ian Abernethy you know I, I, mean, I was an 18, 17 year old kid, you know, wide eyed at his seminars, reading his books. Um, and now, you know, I think I texted him last week and, um, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're just good friends. And on top of that, my best friends in my, my inner circle all do martial arts. Yeah. They're, they're the ones, my, my, it's really weird. I don't know how this comes about, but the ones who have bust my nose and choked me out. And I've done the same <laughs> to them. We have a better bond. You know, we, we just don't argue. I mean, I have argued with friends who don't do martial arts, but, yeah. but, but I think when you hit somebody and they hit you back, there's this underlining, like, yeah, the, bu- the, bu- the bu- you see, the bullshit, the bullshit goes away quickly because it's if you want to have a relationship or a friendship it has to be based on honesty and I really believe that and it just doesn't get more honest as I've said before you can't there's nothing you can say or to or do now to embarrass me because you know your ball bag was like two inches away from my nose (laughs) a minute ago when we were when we were training armbar right but um, literally it's we're not going to deny the fact that we just like punching things. We don't. We will not deny the fact that I just want to see who's superior here. You know, and yeah, I. Yeah, you know me. I I try to promote this in a very positive way. As I always say, let's all get good together. You guys are all now at a, at a, at a level now that you can. You guys can catch me. There's yeah, there's at least ten guys that train with me that can give me a beating now. And literally, there's a bit of kidology there as well because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I, 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 I've told you how many times I'm good. You've started to believe that I'm good. So it's going to be it's a mountain for you to climb. But I, th- I think as an instructor, and it's one thing I've always been grateful for, is my instructor, my instructors, both Ian and Mike, they want you to be better. And I guess essentially, you're gonna, they probably want you to be better than them. And as an instructor now, I'm looking at my students and I'm trying to give them as much of a start so when they're my age they're far better than I ever was yeah. and I think that's how you're going to you know that's how martial arts is going to improve it's the only way it's the only way to evolve you know this is the thing it's like yeah, Guru Daniel Santo is the best example of this because he's constantly researching constantly getting better yeah and you know, he's defying age now but it's it's so surprising because there's so many martial artists that are teachers who actually have their students and they're basically in a subservient position to bait, and it's an ego thing obviously yeah. with these guys and they, they hate the fact that their students would get better than them you have the temerity to go somewhere else I, really? I've seen it uh, so many times yeah it's um, dogmatism in the martial arts is a I think one of the things we, we struggle with especially with the traditional arts yes um, and I'm, I'm sure it crops up in other ones as well but you know when you got your traditional formats um, I, and it's the lack of questions I think which which gets a lot of clubs and a lot of students is you're not allowed to express to think yeah but a lot of the questions is I think is because the uh, instructor doesn't have the answers 
and he can hide behind he can hide behind the dogmatic the dogmatic nature of the art you know I never ask questions Why, who do you think you are to ask a question uh, it is funny so what's the future hold for you in martial arts um, I want to do some more writing I've got another two books planned one tell, tell us more and um, one's on um, understanding kata bunkai so the actual applications of kata awesome. again very similar to the reason for the self defense book I think there's a lot of great information on kata bunkai out there Yes, but I'm, I mean, I get emails um, and I get people calling, not calling me, but who meet me at seminars, and they ask, you know, how can we get into this? How can we start it? Yes. So basically, it's essentially, um, to use your words, it's an in the idiot's guide to beginning um, bunkai. This guy's going to um, make a fortune out of this, and if you get sued, I, it wasn't my idea. And then I want uh, my ten percent. <laughs> and and then the second book, which um, it's, it's a bit of a bigger one. It's more, it's more of a collection of, you know, just karate being taught practically. And there's a lot of books out there you know showing form but not as much function going with that form and you know just creating a complete you know training matrix yes um you know you you want to have pad work in there you want to be training grappling groundwork multiple opponents weapon work um then you're going to be looking at the self-defense law the effects of you know violence on people there's just so much which should you know and so many different kinds of drills i don't want to go off on a tangent too much here um but you know i see a lot of i mean i post videos on my facebook page um on on youtube there's a few going up now and there's other i got other friends and other people in the martial art community who does do the same and you get a lot of comments um, negative comments but this wouldn't work that wouldn't work and I think yeah but you're, you're looking you know you're looking through a pinhole yeah you know there's an entire martial arts system here and so many drills some are designed for specific you know outcomes some are meant to work you know some of you know some of the stuff I do I do just for fun yeah. you know and, and, and I, don't, I don't care if it's going to work and I don't care if you know people are going to be mad because like, oh yeah but that application wouldn't work well I'm like well I'm enjoying my life my students are enjoying themselves and you know we're all growing um, but the, but yeah the base has to be there they have to be able to defend themselves so, yeah, but stage so, one yeah, but so, sometimes art is art art yeah, is supposed it. to be functional but it's by its very nature art is supposed to just be there to inform entertain or make you question as I've said so many times before Tracy Emin's bed is either messy as shit or that's art mm. you know I look at it and I go right okay I've had nights like that. You know what I mean? I look at Jackson Pollock, I'm like, that's just amazing. I look at Kandinsky and I'm like, amazing. And then people say, do you understand it? And I say, I don't understand how the light bulb works. You're not telling me I don't appreciate it, though. Yeah. You know, it's... Definitely, yeah. It, it, that's, how, that's how you should look at it, especially martial arts, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I, um, I used to do, and it's probably really mean, um, when I used to teach um, shotgun groups and I teach them, you know, practical applications, I'd throw, like, a nonsense one in there. Yeah. Just to see if anyone would stand up and be like, I don't think this would work, um, you know, and see if they would question it. And, um, um, it didn't happen that often, to be honest. I never. You go- didn't get questioned? No, because they're used to not questioning. And then I'd have to explain afterwards. I was like, oh, like, technique four we did, that's nonsense. Yeah. We just did that for a bit of fun. You know, don't take but that it, seriously. But, but you see, this is the thing. No, a lot of the time, the guys don't want to question the Kool-Aid. They just want to drink it. Mm. You know, they, they literally go, no, just give me it. I don't care. Yeah, and that's, that is one of the big problems. That's one of the things that you really have to question your morality in martial arts, is especially teaching, where people come in and have you got what they need? You know, could you send them somewhere else? Myself and Al Pizan used to laugh about this all the time, that we'd be millionaires. If we took in every single sub-story yeah. that came in, because we used to have guys coming in, we go, no, we haven't got what you need. 
You know, you, you know some people, you, man, you're just too heavy to wear. I can't, I can't have you around me. Uh, and then other people are like, no, you know, what you need is jujitsu. You know, you're, you're too rough for the guys that come and train with me. You know, and great, come and train with me. As you know, you know, we've both trained with Neil Simkin. You train with Neil Simkin, that's a tough gym. Yeah. That's a tough gym. Yeah, I go up there. The reason I go up there is, first of all, I love jujitsu. And secondly, I think it's more to do with my Catholicism than anything else. I think I just, <laughs> I just want to put myself through this. So the only thing I'm going to say, because we're going to wrap up in a minute, is first of all, absolute honor to have you secondly yeah i really do believe you're one of the new generation of guys coming through who are looking at it you know it's a, it's the next evolution on like, and i'm not saying that ian isn't evolving because he constantly is but it, he's you're the next generation like age-wise that are coming through and going but you know what when ian talks about it always being dogmatic I wasn't really never and the thing is you can't use that as an excuse because it wasn't for you no no, 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 I was going to say I know we're wrapping up here but um, I before you know Ian even Mike you know he was one he was going out and learning I mean I remember he came back from um, Tony my seminar and we were doing the you know the push kicks yes which became a staple of what we did and then he trained with um, Matty Evans yes and we got some really nice takedowns and they added to our our karate but Mike was always sending me off places you know when I was doing my competitions he's like you need you need to train with John Matram, yeah. you know, and we need to get Wayne Arto here to improve your sparring, <laughs> you know, and, and this is what, um, and this is what Mike, you know, I, I was so grateful I had an instructor who was basically, he was throwing me out of his dojo yeah. to go and learn because we had that respect and you know, I'd, I'd always be back and but yeah, so this is this is the thing one of the, one of the yeah and then we will be wrapping up on this in a sec but it's one of the best things uh, I'll tell you right now it's one of, the, one of the nicest things I've ever seen in any seminar I've ever taught was when I first met Mike and you and him worked together and it was for our mutual friend Andy Reeston at yeah. the seminar and we got him working the sticks and you introduced me and you said this is my instructor and he said I think you'll find that I'm not his instructor anymore and then you were working out and you were working through the drills together and you can see every now and again it was really good because when he was moving I could say because he's a big dude right oh, he's strong, and he's man. powerful right? Yeah, yeah. and I'm looking at him and you can see it and it was because it, he's like my generation as well so I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking this guy is something else because he could just go back to his default position and his karate would be more than enough oh definitely I mean more than is, enough um, and I, I don't want to embarrass him because I know he will listen to this um, I think he is one of the most um Un- unknown and underrated martial Cri- artists criminally, un- criminally unknown yeah um, he, I mean the stuff I mean I've shown stuff to people now, and um, people are like oh that's really good but they don't know you know I've been I, the stuff I came up with to start with and you know I'm like, can I swear here can yeah I? Um, the, the stuff I came up with you know it, it's, you, it's, you know, it's partly shit until Mike gets <laughs> his hands on it he's like no Lee you know this is behind doors no one sees this he's like you need to do A, B and C and I'm like oh thanks Mike and then I go off to show people and they're like oh that's really awesome yeah you, got- know, you know I, I, I'm just you know I'm, I'm just a figurehead you know, yeah, yeah, he, he, he baked the cake you put it in the oven that, right? that's, I, I really mean that with Mike he is um, the stuff he comes up with and you know he, his brain and I mean you should see his notes man He's, he, he, needs, he needs to write a book he needs to produce a DVD the guy's got so much information yeah, to be shared how, how many of these guys we know yeah and again it's the truth it's like me and you could we can name five guys that we know in the UK and like literally if you tell them around and tell them who'd listen to me why, why do you and it's one thing that I, yeah. you know, I love about the podcast is because people always say why do you want to speak to me and I went well I find you fascinating uh, really yeah and I know a lot of fascinating people and they're like wow and it's truth but dude I tell you what I wish you all the best for the future um, as you said as you know like anything I can do to try and help you I'm, yeah, I'm 
hopefully I've put you on a good path. As I said before, you know, I'm taking you now to my instructors, which is what it's all about. You know, you've got to pay it forward, man. And when, when you are able to kick my ass regularly, he's, he's doing it at the moment, but not very often, but... When you are take pity on my old my, on my old bones. I'll right? try. Yeah. I'll try and remember that. I'll try and try and take that as a soundbite from this. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. That, that, no, that that belies his Japanese training, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I will kill you. Anyway, Lee, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Thank no, you. no, perfect. <laughs>